You're listening to The Bombad Generals. General? Oh. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another edition of The Bombad Generals. So it's me, Matt, here with Seth. Hello, Seth. Hello there. Hello there. We have uh, the start of a new series. We, I feel like we kind of have, like few bits that we go back to here and for there sure. so it's not like it'll be exclusively this for the next little while but um wanted to dive into objective cards deployments conditions uh kind of taking looks at when do you want to include them when do you not want to include them but also hey i've been forced quote unquote forced to play this objective how you know how do i approach it even though it's not optimal for my list or, you know, same with conditions and deployments, but to a lesser extent, obviously, uh, objectives are the big, big thing there. So today we're looking at what I, I like this lineup because this is what I do for uh, a teaching game. I do breakthrough, battle lines, clear conditions, because easy setup um, with battle lines, easy to explain, uh, objective with breakthrough and gets people moving and then clear conditions, obviously nothing much happening. Uh, there. So, I do you want to get us started, Mr. Seth, talking about talking about breakthrough? Talking I think this will about, be the big meaty stuff. Yeah, yeah, this will be, we'll probably spend a lot, I mean, throughout this series, I think we're going to be doing a lot more, uh, you know, a lot more objective. Because yeah. objective is win condition. All right, so breakthrough, let me just read off the card. Victory. Mm-hmm. At the end of the game, each player gains one victory token for each of their unit leaders within a enemy deployment zone. That's it. Now, just to clarify, your whole miniature has to be within the deployment zone. It's not just like one little sliver of your miniature. The whole model, Mm -hmm. the whole base has to be fully within and no no matter what it is. And so that that is the objective. Um, I think when I like approach this or let's let's talk about like what list when do you want to bring this into your mm-hmm. uh, yeah so deck. before before you even set foot in the event you're building your yes. list do i put this in because essentially you have to choose half the objectives to go in your list it, yes. when does this make the cut versus when doesn't it for you because i know this is actually one in your yoda chewy list that kind of like I, it's lots not lots of people put in there but you do not yeah i do so not yeah I, exactly so it's an interesting i think you're a good person to speak to this yes so I guess, okay, I'll tell you when I do it and then when I don't. Okay, so when I do bring it is when I have a lot of mobile units. Um, normally units that like um, like Barks are a good one. That's why a lot of people bring it for Yoda Barks. Um, Blizzard, OG Blizzard Force or even Blizzard Force now brings it because they have four bikes. Because um, they just really, they have a lot of mobility. I saw a lot of stuff with like people bring it with r2 because r2 is already in wants to go to the deployment mm-hmm. zone um so that's already two victory points right there um with r2 um pretty mandalorians like speed three units um mm-hmm. kind of um but like mainly units that have a lot of mobility um built into them usually is what you want to bring them sometimes i've seen stuff with like wookies because wookies are already like moving a lot um it's it's totally up to you and kind of how the strategy you want to play um but the reason but when i don't bring it is i know for me like whenever i play my bikes and my barks like my barks i i always like 
we, we talk about trading like units a lot. I always mm-hmm. trade my barks. So my barks are going to die. <laughs> like normally, right. um, probably eight games out of 10, my, all my barks will probably die. Um, so that's where I'm not bringing it because I'm not relying on my barks to score. Um, and that's that's why I don't bring in like my Yoda Chewie with, when I have mobility. But that's just a... Well, answer Yoda Chewie is only a nine act list, right? So how much does that factor into it? Because activations is a big thing in Breakthrough. Because essentially, because there are games where you fight, you know, there are games where you clash, you know, and maybe you just sneak a couple people like speeders because you can turn six, just triple move them, maybe get them in there, right? But then there are games where a toilet bowl can happen and one guy goes one way, the other guy goes the opposite way. You just kind of spiral around each other and... If you show up to the table and your opponent has 10 activations, they're going to win that game if you just toilet bowl, which means you have the impetus. You have to take the fight to them, which is generally uh, not where you want to be, being the one to force engagement. Which is, we did see a toilet bowl match, the world's finale this past year. Um, what, oh, correct? yeah. Yeah, I, was, it was a, I can't. It's that's too long ago, man. Oh, okay. Could I be expected to remember that? <laughs> but it was, was a, it was months. a breakthrough game where like it was a toilet bowl they played so anyways yeah i mean it's a consideration right and yeah. just because you're a low act list doesn't mean you you can't take breakthrough mm-hmm. but you have to know what your your win condition is there and yes speeder speeder bikes are usually a great option if they survive but that is the big yes. thing as you know they they don't necessarily survive all the time. Um, I've also seen I, stuff like don't bring in like big base units because like that's a big base you have to get within like deployment zone. Like a, right, like, like an AAT or a saber tank is going to yeah. have a tough time fitting mm-hmm. in a lot of deployment zones. Yeah, and the big thing that I also think about is like my activation like um, efficiency. So it's like mm-hmm. whenever you're playing breakthrough, like you're always wanting to take a move action or Mm -hmm. depending we'll we'll talk about strategy later but like is like is my list like do i want to take that many move actions and i'm like no i don't okay don't bring breakthrough yeah that's i play a lot of gun lines so i want to i want to be moving backwards not necessarily forwards i want to move up shoot cycle backwards i don't want to be go forward 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 um but i mean honestly when i was playing dark troopers it's not like a traditional list and it has low scoring activations but we'll get into a bit later but like that could beat blizzard on breakthrough because you're taking the fight to them and you're just moving forward moving forward the whole time and you don't feel bad about that so yeah you mentioned aggro lists like melee if you're playing high act um um what's it i was gonna say wookies but the little wookies ewoks you know yeah uh if you're playing high act ewok lists you're trying to get there anyways if you pin them back close to their deployment zone, you're only like a couple moves out of theirs and you they are many moves away from yours when you're caught in that melee. Yes, yes. And I've, I can also see like, I know we have Gene Oceans released, but I think Gene Oceans are gonna be really good at this mm-hmm. game, at this uh, objective because they get those free move actions and yeah. they don't ha- and they don't like get the negative because they're there's, not carrying anything. There's no reason for them not to be using that free action yes. every turn because you you can move aim shoot if you want to. Yeah. Um, I think too the other thing is it's very it's it's an objective where you you really can math it out in terms of action economy. 
if you think about, you know, we're going to talk about the breakthrough objective. You start range four beyond each other's deployment zones, which is just over four speed two moves. So if you have a unit that is um, a regular trooper move speed two, you're going to have to move them straight across at least five times in that game. You know, and throughout the game, you can be thinking, okay, there's three turns left and I'm range, you know, I, I need three more moves. Um, so I need to make sure I move one a turn or do a double move in there. And that's where suppression and stuff comes in too. So it's, it's a very action focused game because you have to get somewhere. You have to yeah. math out and build. Every actions. action counts on breakthrough. Mm-hmm. Not that every yeah. action doesn't count on other things, but I think you really have to map out your, how you're handling your actions in act, um, in your activations each time. For sure. If you get distracted and say, oh, well, I'll sit here and aim shoot for a couple turns or go this direction to do whatever, you could take yourself out of potential scoring. Sorry, he's playing with my, uh, this is my son. He's playing with the clones comm technician because who cares about that? I never bring Yeah, I was, he's, he's the only person who plays with the clones comm technician <laughs> yeah. currently. Yes. Yeah. Yes, sorry. That goes back to our last episode about I I did mention comms as a potential thing to uh to watch out for if they get a little bit cheaper. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah, one of the big things I wanted to look at with this series is you know, let's say I you know, a lot of because of speeders, a lot of lists that take breakthrough are also going to take something like bombing run, which is very rough if you're playing a gun line or even even like an aggro list might want to play breakthrough but might not want to play bombing run so and you'll get in situations about a third of the time where it's uh, a lesser of two evils choice to go with breakthrough and you're going to be that's where kind of you're quote-unquote forced to play breakthrough because the alternative is playing bombing run so, or, you know, maybe there's other situations, maybe it's breakthrough or hostage against Yoda and you really don't want to play hostage against Yoda with your list. So, uh, I think the big thing with gun lines into breakthrough and honestly, even in mirrored breakthrough games, this goes with speeders. You want to be in the middle of the board. You know, these lists that run breakthrough tend to run the long objectives where you're on the long edge of the table to make the table wide. Because if the table's constricted, to get to the other side, you have to go through a choke point. And that can be a death trap. So you widen up the table. That way you can hit and run and, you know, bounce out if you have to. If you deploy your units in the middle of the table, then your opponent can either line up across from you and then you just march into each other and pew, pew, pew and see who comes out on top and... Hopefully that's you because you have a gun line Uh, or they go into a side, in which case you can kind of reduce it to a three by three and kind of close the net on them. Um, What happened to me last year at LVO, because I I had not played a lot of speeder lists, but I was I was doing um, the Blizzard Force at, at LVO and eventually my third game, third mirror match of the weekend, I was doing a breakthrough mirror on uh, battle lines, I actually think it was. And I I did the wrong thing. I went into a corner and my opponent did the right thing, put it in the middle. And even that's a, that's a matchup where both players have speeders. 
But if you're in the middle, you can hit the opponent on the side with your speeder, and then you have the whole rest of the board to bounce out to. Um, versus if you're in the corner, you can hit them, you, 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 you can flank, hit them with the speeder, but you have nowhere else to escape to, and they'll just close the net and destroy you. So I think that's the really big thing. Um, I've been talking a lot as, 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 <laughs> Sorry. as uh, for, for audio listeners, it's not just, uh, just to be clear, I do like to talk a lot, but that's why Seth's <laughs> not getting words in, but now we can get your thoughts on, am I off base, uh, with this general, big general tip or, or what do you So think? kind of, so kind of like the strategy is instead of not necessarily scoring, it's preventing your opponent from scoring. You have to, you court. have to create a firefight. Yeah. I would say, yeah. yeah. If you're in a situation where you can't toilet bowl. Um, you know, because even, or even if you want to toilet, if you have the activations to toilet bowl, they can easily hit you quickly with like three bikes and then get away before you maybe kill a bike and trade. So you have to create a sustained firefight. And yeah. the way to do that is be in the middle of the board and make it happen. Mm -hmm. uh, I would also direction. say like trying almost everything try to take out like your opponent's bikes because like mm -hmm. yeah. if like let's say if you're playing against like like blizzard force if you take out yeah. their bikes and you're playing a gun line because gun line you probably have snipers and range and stuff like you take out their bikes your your foot best foot is ahead of you because now mm -hmm. they have to do like all their things coming in yeah like, but you have to fully kill them one you have to fully you know, kill you can't yeah, let yeah. them away that's the thing usually against blizzard force you know particularly as a good example i like to kill one bike and then eh, whatever i'll probably focus on killing one bike from a different unit because they're kind of neutered once they get down to one bike they're yeah. hitting a lot less hard if you try that on breakthrough it's not going to go well they'll just have three single model bikes at the end of the game jumping into the uh scoring range yeah so then you're then you're sad so taking out your opponent's ability to score is a big thing. And then also, mm -hmm. I think you talked about toilet bowling. I hate toilet bowling. So like if you're playing a gun line, let's just say on battle lines uh, and you get stuck on battle lines, like a wide deployment or something. What I would do is like stay in the middle and like prevent mm -hmm. that toilet bowl. Yeah, um, exactly. So like so that you your opponent, no matter where they move, they have to engage you no matter what. Exactly. Um, so you, you go towards them. And, yep. and choke them off but also the great thing about that if they're on the edge and you're in the middle and this is what i did with when i played dark troopers and i because i played a lot of breakthrough into blizzard with dark troopers and all your chaff you can just toilet bowl with them you just send them let's say my opponent's on my left and i'm in the middle i can send my naked shores way off to the right because there's nothing else over there if they want to come that way they have to come through my army Versus they're already in the corner. They don't have the space to keep a unit out of danger if you keep closing in. So their chaff, their naked units, you know, naked storms or snows or whatever, um, you can blow those up pretty quickly. So that's the other advantage uh, So to keep in mind. And that's why, because generally if you're forced into this objective, you have to keep the entire turn zero thing in focus in that you have some control Oh, you probably have some amount of control over um, the rest of the battlefield. Yeah. Right? Over the condition and the deployment, because the blue player is going to have to use a lot of their turns to manipulate it such that it puts you in this bind. Absolutely. So with that, you know, you don't want to get... I don't want to get disarray, probably. 
because then no. if I can't be in the middle. I have to put a unit in a far spot. They put a bike in the far spot. I'm going to lose my trooper because they can't get out of there quickly, but they'll get away with their bike because it just triple moves, joins the rest of the army, right? So I want to force battle. That's, that's That was my trick when I got into this situation. of like, oh, shoot, I've got to play breakthrough because I don't want to play bombing run. Okay, I'll at least force battle lines and now I can be in the middle. Um, or danger close, you can kind of do the same thing. Deploying the long panhandle, get in the middle there. Um, so stuff like that, I'd say, is the, is the big, big things to think about. Yeah, Ruben agrees with you. So <laughs> good. Yes, He's good. He, he, he has weird list building choices on the personnel, but he. He knows okay. his stuff when it comes okay. to uh, he's, he's still learning the game. So, yeah. uh, now, do you ever think sometimes when I've like done a gun line, um, I always like have like two units. Let's say I get stuck with it. I always have two mm-hmm. units that like I'm like no matter what, I want these two units to score. Like everyone else, like you know they'll try to stop my other opponent, but I want to get at least these two units to score. Um, for instance, like if I'm running like a clone gun line, sometimes you have like a boil unit or like a like a rocket unit or I don't know, something like that to where like, okay, like they can go, I can send them the score and I'm not losing my like efficiency in my gun line. I right. think that like that that's been some help for me. Um, and so instead of having my whole army just like um, doing that, um, have my whole army get in the middle and then like have two units go and score no matter what. So I think right. that's helpful. I think arcs are also a big help. Like good good thing like if you're doing those gun lines specifically for cones clones because you can move, shoot, and have a name. I think that's very yeah. beneficial as well. Yeah, they don't mind moving. Exactly. It comes back to that action efficiency question. Yeah. Um, so they're they're fine units for it. Clones they have that problem of like they want to fire support and fire support clearly takes away two moves from potential moves from that unit. Um, and maybe they have a lot of phase ones, which is low courage, and that's going to make it hard to cross the battlefield as well. So like those arc lists kind of have other problems, but the arcs themselves are, are, are great at it. So yeah, I think if you kind of think about it, like, Hey, these, the two chaff units that I would generally have, you know, tapping vaps or grabbing my home boxes and running away, those can just be kind of the two units you send to the far side and say, okay, they're going to score no matter what happens for sure. I think that's, I cannot, I cannot hear you anymore. Oh, I thought that was an intentional mute. Oh, there we go. There was an intentional mute. I thought. I okay, good. It. Um, well, that's all I have to talk about. Yeah, that's all I've got for battle lines. I think that's that's the, or not battle lines. Breakthrough. Breakthrough. Um, yes. And, and we kind of touched on battle lines. Yeah. So that that's kind of a transition into battle lines. It's, I'd say, the most basic deployment, um, because it can, you know, it's just. Range one from your side, and you get your whole side of the board. So very easy to visualize, very easy to set up. Object or uh, one of my least played deployments. I think the general wisdom that has happened when it comes to uh, table building, right, is that we realized pretty early in the game's life that we didn't want squared buildings. We didn't want buildings to be at perpendicular angles to the board. Uh, It creates a very flat kind of look and it creates 
not as interesting angles for the game. So usually those buildings are kind of turned 45 degrees often. And that can, and, and kind of you, you imagine like the major offensive. It's kind of like, hey, on that line, they're going to be good LOS blockers. That's just kind of like the generally accepted wisdom and it does create really nice boards. But then when you do get something like battle lines, now they become a lot more flankable because if you have a square that's now a diamond, you can come from the left or from the right, depending on where you try to go, and there's nowhere to hide. So if you've got like a Jedi or a Boba Fett, someone who's a really high value target, battle lines worries me because it's quite possible I will not have very good hiding spots. Uh, because it's so wide, my opponent can find that zone where they want to flank. Oh. Sorry. Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah. There is a lot of flanking that does happen in battle lines. And that's what I have it like in like my Yoda list, but I have some concerns, but there's a lot of mobility that I can get around with. Uh, yeah, it's not great that. for your own Yoda, but like yeah. you're 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 wanting to flank anyways with exactly. those leaders. Exactly. You want space to breathe. It goes mm-hmm. back to we talked about breakthrough. You know, you don't want to create a choke point. Just generally with a list, if you want space to breathe and maneuver, something like Battle Lines is going to give you a lot of that space because you yeah. can really go side to side yes. uh, in a way that you can't with something like Long March. Mm-hmm. So mobile lists, great, because you can find those flanking angles. You can get on those sides. A very sturdy list that maybe wants to sit in the same spot they're just going to get flanked and not be able to take advantage of it and not be able to force a chokehold. Yeah, uh, and those are the kind of lists I play, so that's why I don't play battle lines all that often. Um, yeah. So I'd say if you're looking for a real shorthand when it comes to battle lines, it's do I want to force a fight in one spot or do I want to be versatile in changing and shifting? where I'm attacking from throughout the game. That's a good way to put it, yeah. Oh, well, thank you. There you go. Yeah, that's like that's really yeah. good. So for sure. And as as we go, you know, there's kind of there's certainly different combos you'll see a lot more often, you know, when it comes yeah. to hey, if I'm taking battle lines, I'm probably also taking a few of these other ones. But we'll get more into that as we go. Um that's kind of all I've got for battle lines, unless you've got more thoughts there no uh i I, sorry i had to step away so i don't know what all you touched on but i think (laughs) did did you ever talk about like any specific objective so like for instance battle lines mm -hmm. like with like uh sabotage and moisture evaporators yeah it's like a wild i think i think sometimes that actually may like help like your battle lines battle lines may actually be more beneficial or like battle lines like seeing R2 across the table, like you don't really want that mm-hmm. because it's super wide and R2 can sneak through and get like an extra victory point right there. Yeah. Um, which is, yeah. Yeah, the objectives is a really good shout because you, end, you as I said, you're range four from your opponents, which means if you're playing something like Vaps or Recover, those objectives are starting range one from your deployment zone. So they're starting basically like range two from yeah. one another. And that's pretty close. Those are not very safe objectives. You know, if you want to walk out and grab your box or tap your VAP, you could get blowed up real quick. So that's 
and and the, the, your opponent will be able to be right across from you. You know, you think about something like advanced positions. There's a lot of the board where it's just range one up from the side, but you can put it way on your right side on advanced positions, and it's very far from your opponent. Uh, and you can kind of put your army in front, so it's your army's between the objective and the um, opponent versus on battle lines, you can't do that. So it's, again, maybe something more for aggro lists where you want to be aggressive because they're there for the taking. If you want to be cagey and defensive, it's going to be tough because wherever you try to go, it's your, you know, your opponent has an option to make it not, um, not the kind of game you want to play. They can make it more aggressive and yep. really come at you. And VAPS in particular is really cool because you can like do some very weird zoning on VAPS where it's like, hey, you place your first VAP, then I place my next VAP such that you have to place your second VAP beyond my second VAP. So I split your two VAPs. So we kind of go mine yours, mine yours across the battlefield. Yeah. Which now it's like, now I can isolate one of your VAPs and really attack it. But you can do the same to me. It creates very interesting VAPS games. It does, I do it like does. Um, battle lines on VAPS as an exciting uh, uh, as an exciting twist. VAPS is a great objective, honestly, on like battle lines, disarray, um, all of the chaotic objectives. If you want to have a really good VAPS game, those are the ones I would suggest it on because it's it's a good time. They're not combos that turn up often because yeah. often lists that want to play VAPs don't want to play battle lines. Well, honestly, it's, it, it's kind of a it's kind of a scary like objective because it's like mm -hmm. like a scary scenario because like you just never know like with line of sight blockers. Like I was thinking like you if you have a good place line of sight blocker for battle lines like that Jedi can like guard your VAPs no matter like for you like mm -hmm. against your VAP or something you know so. Yeah it's it's kind of scary you know like i don't like to play because it is scary so yeah generally I, it's not until turn three when i can finish tapping you know yeah with a normal quote-unquote normal list because you can't move and tap turn one without mm -hmm. scout or anything like that so then turn two you move tap and then turn three you can tap and move back by turn three they can be all over you exactly it's, it's nerve-wracking it which is, is great, it is. which is awesome. It makes things interesting. And that's now, why people... Oh, man, I'm, go I'm going too far off topic because you're good. we'll have a... We'll have a rank, we'll, we'll definitely talk about VAPs. That's another one I'm very excited yeah. to talk about in the future. But um, people talk about VAPs assuming like, oh, it's always a tie, blah, blah. It's so boring. You just sit there. It's unfair to, you know, who, the player who has to initiate. And it's like... Those VAPs don't start tapped. They start untapped. It's not a given that you just, boom, all my VAPs are done. Um, and I don't know if that's why I love, part of why I love VAPs. There's, I think there's a few reasons why I love VAPs that uh, many people do not. But harassing your opponents while they try to tap the VAP is a strategy and and in it is. important part of VAPs. It's a fun strategy. Like, hey, it's, it's, it's I dare time. I dare you to come tap this. You know, like <laughs> that's it's fun. Yeah. But in but going back to battle lines, I think like yeah. I think like uh, stuff like if you're in a gun line or something like not a mobility and you want to play bombing run and you have to play bombing run, I think battle lines is actually a good 
uh, deployment for that because there's less actions you have to take to get the bomb yes. to the other opponent's side. So I think that's like, in that scenario, battle lines would actually be good when you know you don't have to do it. So I think closing that gap to where you have to move to be able to score, I think is very beneficial. And but- if you want to kind of stretch the game out, I think an objective like intercept or key positions, you know, if you're somehow getting forced into battle lines and you don't want to be too close, intercept key positions you can kind of say hey there's the center and then maybe on my right i have my objective and on your right you have your objective and we'll just fight over the middle because you don't want to split forces and like come after my home objective you know on the on my side and your own and not for the middle because then you'll just get picked apart so you know those kind of objectives can create a scenario where hey we're just, we've got our safe objective, we'll fight over the middle, and we can kind of range control about that access and kind of make it more of a diagonal game. Yeah, which I've seen that, like I've personally played that a lot, making those oh, diagonal yeah. games oh, yeah. happen. I, I think I think naturally a Legion player kind of does that, um, just make mm-hmm. a diagonal game. Um, if you're playing like a gun line with a bunch of range exactly stuff. so like you're not you're not screwed necessarily if yeah. you get if you're playing battle lines with a gun line um but yeah some objectives are going to be better than others for sure absolutely absolutely now and that's then, all i have to say about now that yes that was a <laughs> great reminder uh now we have the most interesting part Ooh. of all clear conditions um i'd say this is probably what in like 95 percent of lists probably because it's I'd just, agree. it's literally a blank card yeah and this is uh it just happens. takes another uh variable out of the equation that's all it does yeah i think the 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 times there are a few specific lists that i you know that i've come across over you know the many years i've been playing legion where i there are four strong conditions for that um for that slot and in that situation if you've got four conditions that favor you and none of them are clear take clear out because that's just an off-ramp for your opponent of like oh man i really don't want to play rapid against this list oh okay i can just go to clear you know so if it's it's not something to shy away from but i think there's just a lot of lists where you don't have four conditions where you're like ooh, that's i feel good about playing that one yeah so i think of like whenever i think about bringing conditions i don't necessarily I think of two scenarios. How does this affect me? And is it worse for my opponent more than it is for mm-hmm. me? And that's yeah. where like, okay, do I bring clear out or do I bring clear in uh, just to have that safety um, card? Because nine times out of 10, I, I don't think like your opponent will flip clear conditions. They're like, oh, clear. No. I'm okay with that. Just focus on the objective slash deployment. Yeah. Um, but if you take clear out and you're like, oh, there's all like, all of these scenarios, like I think will affect my opponent more than I am, bring it. Yes, it's yeah. still gonna affect you, but if it's worse for your opponent, I would say bring it. I think that is gonna be a repeated thing throughout this series, I would say, when we talk about conditions. Yeah. I think a lot of the time people look at conditions and say, oh, I like this benefit. Um, fortified positions and supply drop being the big ones. It's like, oh, I love perks or I love extra cover. But there's a lot of time where it's like, yeah, but your opponent loves perks or extra cover a lot more than you. Um, so 
you don't necessarily want those. Clear is one of those ones where everyone will be okay with. Like you're not, it's not really ever a mistake to put clear in. Um, but if you do identify, hey, I do have good leverage on four other ones, put it in because then it, it forces annoying choices from your opponent. Because a lot of the time, conditions won't be banned. Like they'll be banned a little bit, but they're, they're the lowest priority. Objective and deployment are what people care about. If you can have strong conditions that are not clear conditions, because that is just not a strong condition. Uh, it's just a cop out. If you can force tough choices in that slot, that is an advantage because now you're just, you've got two bands and they're trying to affect three different zones and they're not feeling good. Yeah, so that's that all I have to like say about clear. Uh, yeah, it's more like intro to conditions. Intro to condition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which more I feel like that's, that's this is the beginning yeah. game. This is the beginner game. So yeah. yeah, yeah, we'll layer in the much more. Honestly, all the other ones are pretty pretty interesting. It is. Um, it is. We'll get we'll get more interesting assets. We'll get there. The series yeah. progress. Just wait till we talk about VAPS. <laughs> oh ah. yes, that will be. I can't wait. Um, yeah. I guess what? There's eight. We're gonna have to do eight of these. That'll be fun. That'll be good. But uh, anything else? You've, you're you're doing doing a good uh, multitask. It's hey. providential that you wore your dad hat today. It so. is. It is. Yeah. <laughs> so sorry. My kids are just they're awake, and my wife stayed up late last night. So I was like, "You sleep in. <laughs> I think I can handle it." There you go. <laughs> it's still good debating. Legion player, good husband, good dad. What, I, what I, can't Seth do? I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying here. So yeah. no, that's all I have to say about clear. I'm really excited for this series because I just love talking about objectives and um, it's yeah. a big, it's a big point part of the game. So does my son. He loves talking about it too. So yeah, it's it's a huge part. I don't want to. You know, you you can't win the game. Turn zero. You can't quite yeah. lose it, but you can give yourself a big uphill battle. Um, yeah. So it is important, and if you make the wrong choices going into list building, then you're just going to make turn zero harder for yourself. Uh, so a lot of it starts before turn zero. Yeah, I do hear a lot of people be like, if they lost the game, like, yeah, I lost that game turn zero. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. it's just... It's, yeah. you never yeah. truly lose it. Like, I don't like having that mindset of, I yeah. lost it, um, because that takes a lot of agency out of the other six turns, but you can, like... Give your you can shift the odds substantially. Yes, absolutely, for sure. Beauty. Alrighty. Well, I guess check back in in a couple weeks, everybody, for the next installment, uh, as we will figure out what other sets of cards we want to look at. Yeah. Alrighty. Have a good one and stay gungan. This has been the Bombad Generals. Listening to Bob Band Generals is not scientifically proven to make you a better Legion player. Side effects may include bad dice rolls, misfigures, game losses, bankruptcy, divorce, vomiting, and sudden death. Ask your doctor if Bombad Generals is right for you.